Hello and welcome to the Women in Consulting podcast. I'm Janet Whitelaw-Jones, co-founder of the Women's Consulting Workshop. Together with Helen Moratti, we support women working in consulting in the international development and social impact space. In this podcast, we speak with women all over the world. We listen, we learn, we support, and we all get better at what we do. Now, if you are just getting started in your consulting career, or you are considering making the leap into consulting, we wanted to let you know about our Get Started in Consulting programme. This is an eight-week programme online, together with your peers in small group sessions with Helen and I. By the end of the Get Started programme, you will have the solid foundations on which to build your consulting practice. We cover three key areas, your consulting mindset, your foundational consulting business systems, and the practices and skills you need to succeed as a consultant. This will not be for everyone, but if you are an action taker, committed to the work, considering becoming a consultant but just not sure how to get started, and you want to learn from what we wish we'd known when we were just starting out, then we'd love you to join us. Applications will be open soon, and if you're interested in getting on the waitlist, you can sign up at womensconsultingworkshop.com. This week, Helen and I are talking about investing in ourselves. And we mean this in terms of learning, gaining knowledge, courses, studying programs, and of course, investing in our time. We're sharing five things we have learned over the years about what matters when we are choosing courses and why we need to keep learning as consultants. And we also talk about how to find the right learning experience for you as we all learn in different ways. Hi, Helen. Hi, Jenna. (laughs) I'm delighted that we are about to have a conversation all about investing in ourselves. This is something that we talk about quite frequently, and it's something that I think isn't always immediately obvious if we work as a consultant. And what we want to share with you all today is that we found five things that are actually really important when we're considering investing in ourselves. Because often if we're working as an independent consultant, we are often at the end of the queue or we can be at the end of the queue in terms of what we spend our money on. But actually it's super important that we invest in ourselves on a very regular basis. Isn't that right, Helen? What do you have to say? (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) So the first point is just recognising that it is important and it's necessary and, you know, not feeling guilty about investing in ourselves because it's just Mm. part of our business costs, really. Mm. You know, we need to be a step ahead Mm -hmm. of our clients and somehow find things that are going to help us do that. Yeah. And so keeping fresh and updating our skill set is really important if we want to be able to deliver quality products and quality advice to our clients. Needing to be a step ahead is really important. And actually, we can do that in many different ways. So we can read journals or we can be part of a group like the Women's Consulting Workshop, which is also technically an investment in ourselves because it's a time, you know, if you're spending time looking through posts and things, but there are other ways where we would pay for courses and things like that. So yes, our first step is definitely just recognize how important it is and have it on your radar. Okay, the second thing, So the second thing is about being intentional about it. So we recognise it's important, but then somehow we need to make it happen. And a really kind of practical way of doing that, what we found is making sure we have budget set aside for it. 
Mm. So, you know, as an employee, you have access or you usually have access to some kind of training budget. Whereas when we're on our own, unless we set that money aside, then we're not going to have access. So our rule of thumb is we set aside £500 a month for courses and we may use all of that one year and we may not use all of it. It depends. You know, and we also do free courses. There's loads of learning out there that is free these days, but it's really handy to have that money there when we do see things that we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important, actually, the intentionality of it, that it goes into your yearly plan and your goals into what you want your independent consulting practice to look like because if you don't put it in there we know that it probably won't happen and so first of all making an intentional decision that you're going to actually do some training or you're going to do some investing in yourself and then actually committing financially to it is really I think that's so important it's two things isn't it? it's time and money because even if you are strapped for cash and actually you're not in a position to be able to pay for courses or programs at the moment that's fair enough, but you still need to budget in the time. That's time then that you're not earning because it's time that you're learning. And so it's still an investment and you have to make sure that you put that in your timesheets and you account properly for it so that you can really see, you know, over a year, how much time you're actually investing in yourself. I think it's so vital. So that second point, just being intentional about it and all that that means in terms of time and money is really important. That's great. Absolutely. The third thing, I guess, is it needs to link to your goals. What can you say about that, Helen? Yeah, so this links back to what you've just said about understanding what your kind of consulting purpose is and where you want to be spending your time and adding value. Where we focus our learning should link to those goals and, you know, be somehow linked to gaps that we identify either in our skills or knowledge. I mean, we've learned that identifying those gaps and finding training around them really helps. And they can be really small. We can start out with small goals to meet specific gaps. It could be something like, you know, how to get the most out of Slack or different project management software. Software. It could be M&E related. Essentially, we've learned that setting small goals to meet those gaps over a specific time period is really helpful and we keep each other accountable. And I think it's important for those who maybe aren't working with others to try and tell people that you're working with what your goals are because people love to help. Right. And so, you know what my goals are. I know what yours are. And if we see things that are related to that, we can pass them on. Yeah, exactly. Building a bit of accountability as well. I love that. The link to goals, actually, that it's not just training or courses or programs for the sake of it, that it's actually strategic. I love a good bit of strategy. It's my favorite thing. And it's, I guess, linked back to that intentional example, you know, that you're choosing what you do with intention, that it's linked back to something that you want to achieve. And so a good example from my experience was doing an advanced monitoring and evaluation course. And that was great. It was a week long. It was in Oxford and it was just a whole week of immersion with a firm called Intrac. That was really helpful. And just to sort of sit with other people who were also as geeky in M&E perspectives as I was and it was really helpful I really liked it I really loved hearing other people's experiences and what they had to share and what they were learning in the countries that they were working in it was a really diverse group and that was really super helpful because I knew that I needed to upskill my M&E skills because I wanted to go in and do more M&E work and I felt like I just needed a little bit of help there and it totally ticked the box and that was entirely intentional. I mean there've been other examples where I've you know, thought that I needed help in doing data viz. There was other courses that I did sort of more, I guess, free ones on John Hopkins. I think they've got quite a lot there, you know, that were quite specific health stuff that I wanted to just do a deep dive into. That was really helpful. And you've got one as well, haven't you? Your Czech yeah, the Czech Institute. Yes. Yeah, I did a training over about 18 months with them. Mm -hmm. And 
So they're a kind of a holistic lifestyle coaching institute. And I went to them because I just saw so much burnout in the place I was at the time. Mm. And I remember thinking, you know, this is just really interesting and ironic that we work in health and a lot of us don't actually think about our own personal health and mm. the health of our families. And I really just wanted to understand it better and to get some education in how I could support my own health and the health of my family better. So I did this training, which was amazing. It's probably the best training I've ever done in terms mm. of the knowledge that I got and the access to tools and things. Although it was not directly linked to kind of my professional goals and career, it totally totally provides insights that I can use in different types of work. And I think for me, it was really important that I somehow connected my professional career with my broader life and recognise that the two things are totally intertwined and everything reinforces or not each other. So yeah, that was good. It's a really good point you just reminded me about. I'm going to call myself a wannabe triathlete because I feel like I've been training for the last two years and every single time I go to do a triathlon or I sign up for one, it gets thwarted either by COVID or this time by injury. But in my first year of training for my triathlon, I hired a triathlon coach because I knew I could get programs online for free where I could just download them and do what they said. But actually, I'm a runner. I'm not a swimmer. I don't really know anything about bikes. And so there were two gaps that I needed to figure out and this guy was great he lives quite close to me here every week he would set my program but then he would check in with me he would have a conversation we'd have a meetup he would help me with my bike and then he found me a swimming coach so it was a super intentional link I guess to another life goal that I wanted to do a triathlon even though I still haven't actually done one you will get there <laughs> I will get there I'm so determined to get there <laughs> oh yes I will but it was a really useful investment for me because I really needed just somebody who's done this time and time again with lots of different people to fill in the gaps that I'm sure I could go and find it all out for free but I just didn't have the time to do that so it was really mm. helpful brilliant example yeah it needs to link to your goals that's the third mm. thing which is super helpful I think okay number four what have we got we are rattling through these yeah so I think this is your zone of genius, really, Jana. So number four is how to learn and yes. the techniques that we can use to upskill. So I think this is something that I've definitely learned from you that, okay. you know, my risk is that I just read and read and read and read and read and read and read <laughs> and I don't do anything with it because I love reading and, you know, kind of taking in new knowledge. But I think, you know, one definition I've seen of learning is it's knowledge acquisition, but it's also then putting that into practice. And that's what you're really good at. So for anything we do learn, you're always saying, OK, so how are we going to use that? How can we integrate yeah. it? And it's so important and, mm. and often forgot. Yeah, I love that actually. Because sometimes you do a course and everything isn't useful, but there are definite things that you can pull out. And I'm all about the application because otherwise I'm kind of thinking, what is the point? You know, it has to be something that really is practical. I'm a real action taker. And so I can take action on it almost immediately. For me, that's really important. Is it something that's going to help me achieve that goal, you know, with number three? Or is it just a kind of a nice to have? Because we all have limited budgets and we certainly have limited time. And actually, unless it's something that I can action, then it's not going to get on my list of courses or programs that I want to do. Because another question is why we want to upskill. Like, what is it that we want it for? And that also will inform how we want to learn. I do a lot of reading like you. I also do a lot of listening to podcasts just because it fits in very easily with my life. So I do a lot of driving about the countryside to pick up and drop off kids. Normally, if I'm not injured, I do a lot of walking. And so I often listen to podcasts when I'm doing those things, but also when I'm doing household chores, because I find that so boring. So I do a lot of multitasking. And so, yeah, that's a really good one. 
Yeah. And then in terms of how do we mm. turn the knowledge and insights mm. into practice, I think things that work for us are we'll go off and read or listen to different things, especially if we're on an assignment, and then we'll come back and we'll have a discussion about it. So we'll jot down learnings that we've picked up. And mm. we use an app called Evernote, don't we, to mm. kind of have a shared space where we can pop things that come up for us as we're accessing new information. And then we'll have a dedicated time to talk about it and then work out how we're going to integrate that into the assignment. So I think that's a really important point. It's a really important point. And actually, I'm just thinking about in terms of investment, what does that look like? An investment there is actually investment in sorting out your systems. It's like a capturing system, you know, so Mm -hmm. that when you're reading or when you're listening, that you've got somewhere to put those ideas or those thoughts that you have about either the particular piece of work you're working on then or at a different time. It's really important. Yeah. And I think another thing that I really value is, so we're not just talking about learning related to that technical content of that assignment, but we're also jotting down what we've noticed about tools we're using, what Mm -hmm. we've noticed about how we could do things better next time. And that Mm -hmm. is such a useful kind of rich resource that then we take into future assignments and we build in. Absolutely. It's so important. That's really, really good point. Okay. Five, finding the right learning experience. So not all learning experiences are equal, it turns out. (laughs) And we have really learned that it's important to pick the right course with the right person so that you are in the right zone and that it really resonates with you and not wanting to be a broken record, but that also goes right back to your number three, linking to your goals because your goals are linked to your values. So therefore, you know, making sure that you pick a course or a program or someone to learn with who have already done what you want to do or you want to learn from so people who know what they're talking about or they're already a few steps ahead of you because they're going to save you time because they've already done it and they can pass on all sorts of tools and tips for efficiency. I'm a big efficiency lover. There is nothing more frustrating than starting out some kind of a learning experience only to discover that it's actually not quite what you were looking for. You know, it doesn't quite hit all the marks. So do as much research as you can beforehand. It's really important to find the right learning experience and maybe you learn best from videos or maybe you learn best on your own there are loads and loads and loads of aren't they MOACs like massive open online courses or MOOCs whatever we call them but there's also a dreadful statistic that not very many people finish them so if you are really motivated and you have the time to finish them then go for it I've done a few and I've had kind of varying success with those But the ones that I found really helpful and really useful and where the learning has stuck with me and then I've been able to apply it is definitely ones where I have done a program with other people because actually, and I know I'm a talker, you know, I like to sort of discuss things and share things. And so for me, having a group of people that I'm learning with is really vital. And sometimes there are some courses that have promised that and haven't delivered it. And that's frustrating in a different way. So yeah, it's really important to sort of ask yourself, what kind of learner are you? And what do you need in order to make sure that you get the most out of the course, out of the content, out of the people running the course? You know, do you need someone to sit alongside you or are you happy to do it by yourself? That's a really, really important question because you risk choosing the wrong thing and either wasting your own time or wasting some money. And I don't think you want to do that. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, if you do go for the kind of courses at your own pace, the online Mm -hmm. version with no accountability, 
you know, there's always an option for you to build accountability in yourself by, you mm-hmm. know, sharing it. My sister might do a course, for example, and then she'll send me a summary or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And same with you, Janet, so that you've got somebody else who is needing mm-hmm. to know the information you're learning. So that it just gives you that accountability. Mm-hmm. But totally yeah. with you, I've had varied success. Some I have completed and others I've just completely left. Yeah. And then you feel annoyed with yourself. <laughs> exactly. You feel really annoyed at yourself. Like, oh, man. Then I'm very conscious of, for me, it's the time, the time that I've already spent kind of half learning something. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find that so frustrating. But then what I've noticed is the ones that I've paid for, I show up differently for, actually, because I know that I've paid for it. And I know that other people on the course have paid for it. I kind of feel accountable to them. You know, they are expecting me in the group. And that's been really clear from the outset that it's not uh, just show up if you feel like it. It's a commitment. It's a commitment, exactly. And you commit financially. It's the intentional commitment that this is not something that I'm taking lightly. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, that I really want to get as much out of it from the people that are teaching, but also from the other people that are in the group. And I think that's really vital. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. So finding the right learning experience is our top tip number five, which is super important. And just to reinforce that point on efficiency, I totally agree with that as well, because, you know, none of us have time to learn everything that we want to learn. But for me, it's so valuable being able to tap into somebody else's 20 year knowledge on a topic. And I'm more than happy to pay for that if it means that I get to speed in a week or something rather than yeah. spending 20 years reading all the stuff <laughs> they've read. So, 100%. Yeah. Which is interesting. If we think of our roles as consultants, that's what we do. It's that old sort of trick about the person that comes to fix I don't know there's lots of different examples and they come and they charge £20,000 for the funny noise in the plumbing system and then she comes and she taps she looks at it she listens she makes one tap with her hammer and says right that's £20,000 please and the guy goes but I don't understand you just tapped I could have done that and she says yes but I knew exactly where to tap and how to tap it and that's what I've spent 20 years doing and actually (laughs) I love that story and I think that's so important and as consultants that's what you're doing you're building up your expertise and your knowledge both in a technical sense but also you know emotional intelligence and listening skills and presentation skills and communication skills stuff which we're expected somehow just to know as consultants which I find it so interesting you know that often we're not trained in those things and they are the things that will make or break your consulting absolutely absolutely Mm. that's such an important point the Mm. way and the how that we do things Mm -hmm. as you say make or break absolutely Absolutely. And then there's a bonus point I think we have, which is about when you're choosing a course or a program that involves other people, joining a course is really great for making new connections and connecting with people that you wouldn't normally have connected with. And that can be a much more enriching experience than a usual networking event you know often you're in small groups with them working on a particular task for whatever the course is so you're doing presentations together you know we got to know some of our colleagues on this course really well over the week you know some of us have really kept in touch and that's been really valuable absolutely yeah I was just thinking back to the MPH I did at LSHTM and that was super valuable and you know I'm still in touch with people that I worked closely with on different modules Mm -hmm. and we've ended up working together we're great friends we travel to see each other and things and you know we follow each other's careers and can tap in to each other if we need advice and things I think it's super valuable it's really valuable no it's really important lovely thank you so much I think that's what we've got I'm going to just recap we've got one recognize how important it is two be intentional three link it to your goals four figure out how you want to learn five find the right learning experience and then this bonus which is it's really great for professional networking so yeah 
investing ourselves. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Thanks, Helen. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope this was a useful episode for you today. And we are so thankful that you listened with us. And please do continue to subscribe and share this podcast with other women who work or who want to work as consultants. And if you have time, we'd love it if you could review our podcast wherever you listen. 